One, two, three. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Let's all be seated in the house of the Lord. Amen. And we, we welcome the angels. I know these angels be coming on Wednesday nights, I'm telling you. So we welcome them. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Well, um, let's go ahead and pray. We'll get into this tonight. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for blessing us to be here tonight. We thank you for giving us yet another opportunity to sit at your feet and to receive fresh rhema from heaven. I bind the work of the devil right now in the name of Jesus, that there be no distractions, but that your word would go forth and accomplish that which you sent it to. We thank you, Lord, and we surrender to the power of the Holy Ghost now. In Jesus' name, amen. Church said amen. Praise God. All right. All right, look at your name and say, get your Bible out. Get your Bible out. That's what we need. <clears throat> as long as we got the word, amen, how I many know we're going to be better than all right? We're going to be doing quite well. You know, what if you, what if you just start saying stuff like that? Somebody says, how are you doing? You say, oh, I'm doing quite well. <laughs> well, and that's because you got the word. The word is in you. The word makes all the difference. Amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Um, I'm going to give us a chance to just get ready for this. And it's Wednesday night, so we're always preaching on faith. We preach, you know, we, we've uh, titled this service Faith Academy. And so we're going to preach on faith yet again. Amen. And so um, I want to preach this message tonight entitled Consistent Confessions. Consistent Confessions. And uh, as we start out, a confession... You know, a lot of times in Christianity, people don't know certain things. I mean, I know there was things I didn't know about, and later on I learned them. Um, a lot of the stuff I didn't learn until I got with Pastor Miller, and he imparted a lot of these things into my life. And so, you know, a person can be saved and they can love God, but that doesn't mean they're going to win. Y'all in here with me? Come on. Uh, just because you're saved and you love God does not mean you're going to win. Well, what's going to determine whether you win or lose? Now, you're going to heaven. So if we're talking about ultimate victory, well, ultimately, you're going to be in heaven. So that's an ultimate victory. But we're talking about how many of y'all want to win in everything? Like, you don't want to just wait till you get to heaven to win. You want to win on planet Earth. Amen. How many of y'all want to have a blessed life? Come on, somebody. How many of you want your body working right? Come on. How many of y'all want your mind working right? How many want your money working right? Come on. See, these are things that uh, enhance our earthly experience. And we have tools that we can access. But if we don't access those tools, then we don't get that level of victory. And so unfortunately, there's a lot of Christians that are not living in the level of victory that God has for them. Amen. A lot of Christians that are not living in the level of victory that God has for them. And it's not that, oh, God just, you know, God is being uh, partial to certain people. Amen. Come on. I'm, you know, God is not partial to people. You know, God loves me, but guess what? He loves you just as much as he loves me. And so he's not going to say, oh, well, you know, that's Pastor Troy, so I'm going to give him all this extra stuff. No, he is going to give me access to stuff. And then guess what? He's going to give it to you, too. But some of us are going to say, well, I'm going to take that, man. I'm going to use that. And so when I start talking about consistent confessions, once again, as, as a lot of Christians don't know what confessions are. Well, this is not talking about like confessing your sin. That, that's, 
that's, come on. We should never say that was lower level. That's a long time ago. No, we're talking about confessions of faith. Confession is, when you're talking about the kingdom, a confession is a profession of what you believe. And so you believe this Bible is true, and so you got to learn how to confess it. You confess the word over yourself. And so let's go to uh, Psalm 19, Psalm 1914. Psalm 1914. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so Psalm 1914, he says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. Okay, stop right there. Let the words of my mouth. Look at your name and say your words matter. Well, you know, do they really? Yes, they do. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, we'll touch on this in a moment, be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And so you're acknowledging who he is, but this is what you want. So now you're a Christian, but you're trying to learn some things that are going to help you win on planet Earth. Look at your neighbor and say, we got to win down here. A lot of people are, their minds are up in heaven. I've heard it said that some people are, what do they say, that so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. Amen. You got to learn how to bring that thing down to where it's like, I'm going to heaven, but I'm going to win on planet earth. Amen. I'm not just going to be beat up down here and not know how to win. Well, these are the tools that you need. And so he says that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. And so the meditation of the heart is very important because the heart is the core of a person. The heart is the core of a person. That's why the enemy is after your heart. That's why it's hard for people who have had a broken heart to recover, right? That, you know, there's been people that have actually died and they said they died of a broken heart because they lost a loved one and they just never could recover. And so that heart is very important. And so now the heart is the core of a person. Go to Proverbs now, Proverbs 4.23. Now remember, we're talking about consistent confessions. So consistent confessions is you're going to consistently speak these positive things about yourself and also about your God. You're not going to waver based on what you're going through. Amen. You don't let what you're going through change your confession. Because remember, a confession is a profession of what you believe. And so just because you might be going through a, a bad situation that doesn't mean you just lost all your faith and all your belief in God. And so you don't change that. You keep on confessing what you really believe. Come on, my God is able. Amen. How many of y'all ever been through a situation, even where you didn't feel good, your body was going through something, but inside of you, you said, man, I know I'm healed. I mean, I just believe, I just believe God's my healer. I believe I'm coming out of this. You didn't just change and just say, oh, well, I guess I'm just going to be sick forever. Right. And so that's because you believe that. Well, you want to learn how to be consistent. You don't want to be up and down one moment speaking life, the next moment speaking death. You want to be consistent in what you're doing. And so but in order to do that, you got to look at what's going on in your heart. So like we looked at Psalm 19, uh, 14, where he said, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable. So the meditation of the heart is important. That's the things that are inside of there. And so Proverbs 4, 23 says, keep thy heart with all diligence. 
right? Keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. And so what you got to do is you got to guard your heart and you got to be diligent. So diligence is, um, diligence is a, a very important word. It's, it's like consistency is a part of that definition of diligence, but also effective, right? If you are a diligent person, you're not just consistent, consistently doing something, but you're be, you're effective at what you do. And so you have to be effective in guarding your heart. And so now let's look at these. We'll break it down here in the, uh, uh, Proverbs four twenty three to 27 in the message. Let's break it down here. So he says, keep vigilant or vigilant, keep vigilant, watch over your heart. So what does that mean? So imagine that you were, uh, you know, let's say you were, I know uh, how they used to do it in the military. I wasn't in the military, but I've heard a lot of stories, but they put you on that watch. You guys, any military, you guys ever had got that watch thing? Well, that watch thing is like pretty hard. That's what I've heard. I said, man, you just got to be like up all that time. You know what I mean? Well, and, and what if they caught you sleep on watch? Is that, is that problematic or anything? Is that something that they would wink at or laugh at or, or are you going to get punished? And so it's serious. And so if you're talking about, man, I got to keep this type of watch over my heart. So what if you were thinking about that and you said, man, I, you know, I can't just let anything get in my heart because this could take me somewhere I don't want to go. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to guard it. Now I'm going to pay attention. And so when you're vigilant, you're also going to be very observant. You're going to be very aware. And so you're not just going to allow yourself to be in certain things. Amen. In certain situations, in certain conversations. Come on, somebody. You're just not going to allow yourself. And now I've I've always uh, known and God really has revealed this to me that you have to keep a safe distance. So you just can't let everybody in your space. Come on, somebody. You you got your family. You trust your family. You know, you got your spouse or whatever. But, you know, you just can't let everybody get in there. Because, I mean, oh, some people can get in there and do some damage. And so you got to keep a safe distance. And so keep vigilant watch over your heart. That's where, what does it say? Mm, you start talking about true motivation. That's where life starts. Now, here's the thing. People can change their mind, but if their heart is not converted, if their heart is not protected, if their heart is contaminated, even if they change their mind, they had good intentions, they don't want to do this or that. But if that heart isn't, you know, now, and the reason that you have to keep watch over because just because something is there doesn't mean it's going to stay there. Amen. Come on. You know, we we say things casually like, man, I love you with all of my heart. Well, you got to guard that. Because that thing can change. And it's the same way with God. We say, I love God with all my heart. Well, I got to guard that because somebody's after that. Somebody's after that relationship that I have with my God. And so you want to keep guard over your heart because that's where life starts. Next verse. Don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm just up in here trying to teach tonight. See, there is a level of accountability that we must pay attention to. The Bible gives, the Bible is full of instruction 
and full of warnings. And see, what the Bible does is it lets you know what not to do so that you don't have this or that showing up. And what people unfortunately do, they do this or that, and then they complain about, come on, the harvest that they got showing up. See, it's all about sowing and reaping. And so you got to be very careful. Don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Avoid careless banter, white lies, and gossip. What do people do? They slide into conversations that they really don't have any business being in. And then what do people do? Express their opinion. Come on, how many know your opinion don't matter that much? And they express their opinion or they get into this or that or, and sometimes if you're not careful, the enemy is real crafty and he'll, he'll slip in there and you start saying some stuff that later on, you're like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Then you can get to speaking about somebody, but if they heard the recording of your conversation, you'd be devastated. Because you'd be like, dang, I know I talked about him like that, but I didn't want to crush him. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so you got to be very careful of this. So don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. And now this is important for Christians. Don't say you believe God and then later on you believe in everything else. Don't say you believe God. You, I believe God's my protector. But then you're talking about crime rates and uh, all of the stuff that's happening and you start talking about, yeah, you know what? I remember one time we heard this lady talking about, yeah, these people are going to be coming up. The lady was from Fallbrook, I think, but she, I don't even know how she got, how did she got a hold of us? She must have got us online or something, but I, I got to talking to her because she was a sweet lady, an older lady. And so I, I, she asked for prayer. So I reached out to pray for her, but then she started, one time I, I talked to her and that was my last time I had to let her go because she started talking about some uh, people coming up, some uh, illegals. Now, you know, we have seen a lot of illegals flooding in our, our country, but she was talking about them taking over Fallbrook. And all. I said, hey, Fallbrook, that's too close to me, man. What, what you talking about? You down the street. Oh, yeah, they're going to come in on the streets and they're going to be taking over. And the sheriff gave me a warning. And I said, what, Really? Okay, okay, let me pray for you. And that was my last call. Because I'm not about to let her take me into some imaginations about somebody taking over Fallbrook. They're not taking over Fallbrook. I live up here. Fallbrook is too close to me to be getting taken over. And see, now you got to just establish stuff like that. You can't be talking out of both sides of your mouth. You can't be talking about um, God's my protector, but they're about to take over Fallbrook. Well, where you live? You live in Fallbrook. Well, how is it going to get taken over and you say God's your protector? You got to pick. You got to choose what you're going to believe. And that's what this is warning us. Don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Avoid careless banter. There's a, there are going to be a lot of people that will get you involved in some worthless conversations. Man, I'm telling you, there are so many people that get pull people into stuff that really don't matter. You realize how people get when it, even with sports, think about this. People get so involved in the sport team, sports teams, they'll argue, they'll fuss, they'll do all this stuff. Ain't getting paid nothing. That they're not even known by the team. You know what I'm saying? You, you, there are some people, they go all out. They decorate their whole house. I remember going on the outreach. We was down in uh, Logan Heights, and I remember we saw this Chargers house. 
And, and now when I say a charger house, it wasn't a player. It wasn't a player. And, and they weren't signed. They weren't getting no endorsements or nothing. But they had everything. They had the whole house. First of all, you know you got issues if you're going to paint it that color blue. You're going to paint it that color blue and then put some yellow up in there? Come on, somebody. That just, you know, that's got to be. Listen, you got to live in the hood to get away with that. Amen. But, but they had, they had, uh, they actually had a truck. They had the truck painted blue. They had the whole thing. I said, dang. Fans. But not, you know, not getting paid anything. And see, that, that's careless type stuff. And you know what? They will get, I remember seeing some stuff. I remember seeing this on the news way back in the day. The Chargers and the Raiders. Whenever the Raiders came to the Chargers Stadium, back when we was in San Diego, it was on and popping. I'm talking about crazy, like one dude straight up, they caught him on camera stabbing somebody. It's like, man, really? With his Raiders, you know, you know I was a Raiders fan. And I'm just kidding. The Raiders fan is one of committing them kind of crimes. I know, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But you know what I'm saying? This type of stuff, like, what does that matter? Bro, you going to jail. Amen. I mean, they're not even going to let you wear that jersey when you get up in there. <laughs> and so what does that matter? And it's, it's people allow stuff to get in their hearts, man. That They're not guarding it. And, and just because you're saved, you still got to guard it because the devil's going to shoot stuff out at you. He's going to try to get you to pay attention. He's going to try to get uh, uh, fear and all that type of stuff to develop in your heart. And you got to keep it out. And so, but the way you do this, this is practical application. Well, I'm not going to talk out of both sides of my mouth. I'm not going to be over here talking about, I believe in Psalm 91. And then I'm going to be over here talking about, oh, the flu is on the rise. Well, it ain't on the rise against me. I got to decide. I'm, I'm not going to be talking out to both sides of my mouth. I'm not going to say, um, Man, everything's so expensive, but then I'm over here talking about my God shall supply all of my needs. Either he's going to supply it or it's expensive. Which one are you going to speak on? Because how many know if he's supplying it, it ain't expensive to him. So God is, listen, they never talk about inflation in the kingdom. Inflation don't mean anything. Amen. Because there's always an abundance. And so, uh, all this white lies, gossip. So, you know, we, we know this and, and we got to be very careful. Next verse. Keep your eyes straight ahead. So know where you're going. So this doesn't mean I'm just going to keep my eyes on heaven, but I'm, I'm staying, I'm keeping my eyes stayed on Jesus. Amen. That was, I remember that song, woke up this morning with my mind. Y'all, some of y'all remember that old school stayed on Jesus. Well, you got to stay like that. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Ignore all sideshow distractions. Man, I've been trying to tell the body of Christ this stuff for the longest. You know this, uh, as a Christian, you ought not know what everybody is doing that ain't saved. Let me, let me say that again. You all not have the tea or the news on the world. I mean, if you ask me about some people... Half of them, I don't even know who they are. There's so many rappers and all this stuff. And I used to be like a DJ. I was in the mix. But I'm clueless. You know what I'm saying? And then these names these guys be coming up with. And I'm like, what? Is that a real person? I mean, you're making that up. But I'm not in the know. Because me following them ain't helping me. 
I mean, that, that's not helping me. And so what happens is the devil's trying to distract us. He's trying to bring along these sideshow distractions. Meanwhile, you're looking at the sideshow and he's creeping in the back door. You're looking at the sideshow. You're paying attention. Here's another thing. We're coming into political season, right? They're coming into political season. So what do they do? They're pumping commercials, pumping this, pumping that. Everything is all whatever. And what is it? A sideshow distraction. And so you start paying attention to this and you start believing in one person. But no, no, no. You're going to trust the Lord. And just obey God in everything you do. And so keep your eyes straight ahead. Ignore. What does ignore mean? Yeah, you remember when we was kids, you know, you try to ignore somebody. La, 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 la. You know, just ignore it. You could be rude to the devil. Ignore that stuff. That stuff has nothing to do with me. I'm going to stay focused on what God has for me. Keep your eyes straight ahead. And it says ignore all sideshow distractions. Next verse. Watch your step. See that? Now, who got to watch your step? You? Or do I got to watch your step for you? No, you got to watch your step. You know, you're not a child anymore. You watch, you help your kids and you give them good direction. But then when you become an adult, you got to watch your step. Watch your step and the road will stretch out smooth before you. And see, God has given us so many just promises in his book. If you do this, it's going to work out this way. If you don't do this, it ain't going to work out for you. Oh, no, see, Pastor, I don't know about that. I, I No, that's what it is. And it, this is action. This is about action steps that we can take. And so watch your step, and the road will stretch out smooth before you. And so now I want us to pay attention to this connection that is illustrated through these scriptures, there's an important connection between the heart and the mouth. The heart and the mouth. So we're talking about confessions. How many of you guys would like to be uh, a person that speaks life all the time? Wouldn't you like to just have that habitually? Like you just like, man, all the time, man, it don't matter what's coming at you. You just, bam, you're hitting it with scripture. You're speaking positive. You're doing this and doing that. Well, in order for you to step into that uh, level of living, you got to pay attention to your heart. And so there's an important connection between the heart and the mouth. Now go to Matthew, Matthew 12, uh, 34, 35. And so Jesus, you know, Jesus, you ever study Jesus, you start realizing he, Jesus was no joke. Man, he wasn't, I mean, he loved people, but man, he brought some correction. Amen. He says, old generation of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things so think about this if you just if you look at that now we don't call each other vipers but that's something jesus would do jesus was calling these religious folks vipers snakes old generation of vipers how can you being evil now that's that's messed up right because if we start calling people evil today then oh don't judge me brother don't just uh, you know da 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 but jesus was in a position to go ahead and let go, you know, give some judgment on somebody. And so, old generation of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? So, I want you to pay attention to this because we're talking about consistent confessions. I'm not talking about you doing good and, and learning 
the church lingo and, and we get out of church on Sunday and I'm always telling you something to say, tell three people, you know, but I'm in a, I'm not doing that. So you just say that at church and then you go home and say a bunch of other stuff. God, that's a waste of time. You said you, you got the whole church thing and you know, you're like, man, it's already 1250. I'm back to myself. Man, we got out of church at 12 and at 1250, you back to what? You back running the same way? That, that's not what God intends, right? And so the thing is, is you can't clean up. Now, let me just tell you this, because sometimes people don't understand the seriousness of this. You can't clean up when your time is up. You can't clean up when your time is up. Ain't going to be no, uh, oh no, we got it together. And see, a lot of times... You know, we want to we want to come to the conclusion that everybody that dies is they went to heaven. Yeah, they went to heaven. But you know what? There's evidence that's left. Come on, somebody. There's evidence that's left. And you can you're not judging, but you can come to a conclusion. If this person wasn't living right, doing right on planet Earth, chances are they might not have got it right with on their deathbed. Because how many on your deathbed? It's hard to think straight, let alone speak right. You're on your deathbed. You're tired. You, you, you're at the end of your life. So that's why you can't wait until you get at that weak point. And now I'm going to get it right with God. No, you got to get it right now. And you got to keep it right. And so you can't go off. Because what if you went off and checked out? Amen. Now, if you don't guard your heart, how many know that can happen? You know that the devil knows how to get you to a place where you will act outside of your character. He knows how to get you to a place. And see, and that's why you got to watch, pay attention. You got to guard. See, if you guard and stuff, you start paying. Oh, I see where this is going. Come on. How many of y'all? Oh, no. See, I, uh I see that. I see where this is going. Well, you won't let yourself go there. But see, when you're not guarding your heart, you let any, you know, people will flash. I call it flashing. They'll flash on anything. They mad at traffic. They mad at everything. And they just, nah, nah. they can just flash and they can just go there. It's like, wow, that's so dangerous because you can go there and never return. Amen. Amen. And so. But now the reason people go to these places and I'll be the one pastor that will offend some people oh, is your heart ain't right. Amen. Oh, no, I'm a pastor, see, I, but I repented and all that. Yeah, but you done went off three times this week, man. Your heart ain't right. You done went off and you flashing on people. That's your third time this week. You talking about you repenting. You didn't repent. Because that thing is coming out your heart. See, if your heart is right, you know, just certain things ain't going to come out your mouth. But if your heart is not right, and that's what Jesus was saying, oh, generation of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? How are you going to speak something good? Jesus was cut into the chase because there were people that were double talking. They were saying that you know, they believed in God, but then they were bound by religion and they were, you know, they were double talking. There's a lot of double talk going on in our world today, especially in our church. A lot of double talk. People say they love God, but they don't act like it. You don't see no evidence of that love for God in their lives, but yet their mouths are saying, I love the Lord. Do you really? We ought to know you love God without you saying anything. Amen. 
We ought to know you love God just by looking at you, watching how you live your life. Amen. And so, old generation of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance, right? The abundance, the overflow, that's what you have packed in to your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, what? The mouth speaks. But what about the mind? See? That's why he said, he didn't say guard your mind with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. He said guard your heart. And so now, you can contemplate in your mind. You can actually negotiate with yourself. You can actually communicate and, and uh, rationalize and you can do all that type of stuff in your mind. And, and there is something called mind power where people can actually get a hold of their mind and they got some mind power, but the devil knows about that heart. And somebody could say, oh, no, I'm changed, man. I'm a changed man. I, I got control of my mind. And, and the devil knows how to just cross them just right. And all that mental mumbo jumbo and all that mental judo that you done learned and you still and went off. And now you in jail with that mind. You know what I'm saying? That's how them brothers be in jail coming up with all these philosophies and all this and learning all these big words and doing all this type of stuff. And now they, 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 you ever heard these brothers say they're conscious? You ever heard that? Any, anybody ever heard that? Say, um, brother, just, you know, that brother's conscious. That brother's blind. That brother's not conscious. If he was conscious, he'd be serving Jesus. Amen. Come on. That brother say, they, they be coming up with all kinds of stuff. And I mean, I'm just go ahead and just tell it like it is. But some of this, uh, I remember some of these guys, man, they call themselves conscious. They want to be a part of the nation of Islam and all that type of stuff. When I wasn't saved, I said, man, brother, I am not about to be on 45th and Imperial with a bow tie on. Come on, somebody. Slinging some pies. What are you doing? Amen. I'm conscious. I'm, I'm conscious. Conscious of what? Amen? Amen. I think that's a blindness. You know, when people are blind, they do anything. And you know what? I heard another brother. Now, I'm not going to get on, you know, I'm not going to get on these people. I'm, let me just tell you guys, follow Jesus, please. Just follow Jesus. He ain't never going to lead you astray. And if you get with Jesus, you're going to have everything you need. You're going to have all the knowledge you need. There's, there's some, oh, Lord, that's the best way. Ain't no nice way to say it. There's some stupid people running around acting smart and people listening to them. And they're dumb as dirt. And people following them. It was ridiculous. They got all these groups, man. You got to watch out for this stuff. All these, like, Masons. Masons is another group. You don't know what them masons are, man. You better read up on it. And they'll come with these these little societies and these little inner groups. See, you ain't got to have no inner group when you got the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. When you got the Holy Ghost, you're already in. I ain't got to be in no clique or no club. I'm already in. I got the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost will give you something that the devil can't give you. He'll give you discernment. And you'll be able to read them out. And I heard this brother yesterday at the bank, and I just had to laugh. But I said, this, this man is really, he really thinks he's on some type of level or something. 
but just loud. You know, when you're at the bank, you just want to get in there, man, and take care of your business and get out. And then especially when they got limited tellers. Can I get amen right there? And then you don't want somebody at the teller. We only got two, man. And you up there talking their head off. And do you know that this brother, with his, you know, conscious self, is, is carrying himself like he's doing something. And he's an older brother than retired Marines or something, but he's, he's, he's happy that he's got all of his disability now. And he's, but so, so to me, it's like, oh, that's what it is. This brother's bored. He has too much time on his hands. And so his activity for the day is the bank. And so he's in there and, and he got his cane. And, but he's, you know, one of them brothers that's, you know, supposed to be about something. I don't know what he's about. But, and I knew it. I knew he was full of it. I knew that already. But I really knew it when the man went up there to get a, uh, what you call it, cashier's check. And they said, that's going to be $10. Do you know that this man went on to spend the rest of the time? I'm talking about he went there before me. I waited and I was gone. He was still talking about, can I get another manager? Because I don't believe I need to pay $10. I'm talking about $10, brother. You, you supposed to be like about something and $10 is an issue. People just jive. They're not really. And then guess what? The cold part about that, somebody going to listen to him. Somebody going to let that man talk some gibberish and they're going to listen. Amen. You, you can't do that. You got to be connected with Jesus to where you know what real truth is. And then so for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so the abundance, that's the overflow of the heart. Next verse. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what? Good things. See, that's why we started out. You got to get the word. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable unto God. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil things. And so if we're looking at this, you start to understand like, wait. So my words give me an indication. So... Some of you ought to ask yourself, like, you know what, I want to I wanna find out where I'm at. And God will say, listen to your words. Amen. Listen to what you're saying. And so your words are like a health report that reveal the condition of your heart. Your words are like a health report that reveal the condition of your heart. Now, it's not what you're saying at church. Amen. Come on. Some of you, you pay attention to what you're saying when it's just you. And you express things. You can, you know, you got to just watch this. Oh, no. See, I don't want that coming out. I don't want that coming out. And then also, let me help you with this. Just because maybe you don't cuss, but you say things in place of a cuss word. But you have the same intention behind it. Y'all in here with me. And so you don't say the cuss word, but you express the frustration, but you use another word. It's the emotion that's driving the word that's important. And so you want to pay attention to that. Oh, Lord, I'm, I'm expressing frustration. I'm, I'm, you know, don't do that. And so your words are like a health report that reveal the condition of your heart. Now go to Psalm 
119, Psalm 119, verse 11. So what you want to do with this word, this Bible, these sermons that are preached over here, thy word have I hid in my heart. See that? Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So listen, this is going to be the key. You got to take the word off the pages, take the word that was preached in the sermon and let it get in your heart. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And so I'm going to have the power over sin because I got the word hid in my heart. If I've got the word in my mind, how many know you can memorize some scripture? Now, let me tell you this. Memorization does not bring manifestation. Oh, come on, y'all. I'm just giving you some extra stuff. Memorization does not bring manifestation. Come on. How many of y'all, you have remembered a lot of things and they didn't manifest. They didn't cause anything to manifest. So it's got to be at the heart level to where it's going to come out because it has to come out at the right time. See, it's just like, uh, uh, I'm always using these boxing analogies, but a well-trained boxer learns how to counterpunch. Well, they can't think about a counterpunch after they get socked in the face. Uh, y'all in here with me. They get socked in the face. They came and tell me, well, I, I think I can go with a... No, it's got to be instinctive. They got to practice that stuff. And so when the enemy comes at you, when he comes with some gibberish, you got to be ready. You can't just say, well, let me see what scripture I can get. And let me go to my promise book. Promise books are for beginners. So when you first start, get you a promise book. But as you keep coming here, just take notes. And then you're going to know what to do. You're going to have plenty to fight with. But you got to take it serious and let that thing get in your heart. And now the word is going to bring all the transformation. I'm going to give you guys a bonus scripture. Uh, Skip up to verse 9 of this Psalm 119. I think it's verse 9. And this is good advice. This is good advice for anyone. Uh, Let me see, verse 9. I think it's the one that says, Wherefore shall a young man cleanse his ways? Yeah, what did it say? Verse, yeah, verse 9. Let me see. That's just an extra one. I, I was looking at that too, but. Uh, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereunto according to thy word. So that, that's how you, you know, you want to teach young people stuff. You, want, you know, I, I taught my kids the word and because that word is what's going to keep them on track. That word will get them out of anything. Amen. They, they can uh, try their best to act right, but until they get that word and put that word inside and really get that word, then they won't know which way to go. Amen. Amen. All right. And so, um, so back to what well, we talked about, Psalm 119.11, that word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And so here's how this thing works. The word has to penetrate your heart in order for it to become permanent. Now, a lot of things that I teach are against some of the uh, normal ways of teaching. So the normal Christian teaching is uh, kind of like uh, a lot of uh, mistakes, a lot of avoidance of mistakes, a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, old man uh, acknowledgement. Amen. So there's a lot of old man acknowledgement. Well, that's not the way I teach because I'm, I, I learned that. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. And so I got to know what the new man is supposed to do. And so the new man 
is going to be one that has the word, but like I said, permanent. So the word must penetrate your heart in order for it to become permanent. So what I mean by permanent, it doesn't matter what things look like. That word ain't going nowhere. Amen. Come on. Some of y'all, and you remember how much meditation we put on Psalm 91 and God had us doing that years before the pandemic. Right? Years before this church was strong on Psalm 91. I challenge you guys to memorize it way before any pandemic or anything ever happened. I didn't even know that stuff was coming. But then for some of you, it became permanent. And it didn't matter what things looked like. You was Psalm 91, Psalm 91, Psalm 91. That's all you kept going back to because it became permanent. And so in order for the word to become permanent, it's got to penetrate your heart. So the way you get it to penetrate your heart Take it in, take it in, take it in. The devil's going to say, you read that yesterday. You said, I sure did. I'm reading it again. And you read that this morning. I sure did. I'm reading it again. You're going to keep on going, keep on going, keep taking it in, taking it in. Pretty soon, boom, drops in your heart. When it drops in your heart, it's permanent. And that's why it's very important that you understand that I got to let this word penetrate my heart so that it can become permanent. Now, Breaking down the Psalm 119.11, he says, thy word have I hid in my heart. So the word must be hidden so the enemy can't snatch it. Amen. Amen. The word must be hidden. So you got to hide it in your heart because if you don't, the enemy will surely snatch it. And let's go to Mark, Mark 4, look at 14 through 20 in the message. So we know this, uh, the parable of the sower, right? The parable of the sower. And he gives the parable in the uh, verses that first start out in this, this scripture or this chapter. And then he explains what the parable was about. But now I like the way the message puts it out there because it, it makes it clear. So if, if the enemy is trying to snatch, see, because what's going to cause you to prevail over the devil more so than, now, now let, me, let me help you with this, even more so than your prayers. So let me help you as you graduate in your Christianity. There's a time where you're going to pray, but then there's a time where God intervenes in your prayer and God starts to communicate with you through his word. And so now in prayer, God is giving you scripture. Come on, am I up in here, man? You, you just can't just pray and that's all you do. No, you're going to pray. Now, if you just praying and that's all you're doing and you're not getting nothing back, that means it's just you doing all the talking. But when you go to God, you start praying, then God starts to communicate and he'll start to communicate to you with his word. And so all of a sudden he's going to say, go over here. Anybody experiencing that? Come on, somebody. You get in there praying, and next thing you know, God is hitting you with scripture. Go over here. Go over there. That's how he's talking to you. See? And you start going to those scriptures, and now you're growing. And so your prayer life is uh, important, but your prayer life is advancing. Your prayer life is growing because now there's a communication between you and God. And the way that he communicates back to us is going to be through his word. And so 
the parable of the sower, he says, the farmer plants the word. So, you know, we know in King James, the sower sows the word. The next verse. Some people are like the seed that falls on the hardened soil of the road. No sooner than they hear the word, than Satan snatches away what has been planted in them. Now, there is some planting, but it's just like you plant seed in a field. You can plant the seed actually in the field, but then now someone can come up and mess up what was just planted. And so that is possible. And so the devil is coming to try to snatch away what has been planted in the next verse. So then he says, and some are like the seed that lands in the gravel. When they first hear the word, they respond with great enthusiasm. But there is such shallow soil of character. Y'all getting this tonight? Now, see, we have a responsibility as Christians, right? To whom much is given, much is required. So as you learn, as you grow, that's why I said that one of the worst things you could ever do is just come to this church. Because when you come over here, now all of your excuses are going to go out the window. You're not going to have those excuses anymore because God's going to hold you accountable for it. No, he's like, oh, no, no, no. Mm-mm. You would have got away with that at your other church. But you've been getting, I know what you've been getting at, at Word of Life. So now we're going to have to bring some correction to you. <laughs> Amen. So now over here, you can come and you can learn and you can grow up. Or I've had people that have come to this church and they came and they came trying to play that religion stuff and they tried to play it and play it and play it. And then God pulled their card and stuff started going south on them. See, because this one thing where you just don't get the truth, you could just dance around and act like you don't know nothing. But then when you get it, now God's going to say, now what you're doing with it? Amen. And it's my job to help you grow by it, keep it and flourish. And then we'll have great testimonies coming forth. But he says, so they hear it, they got that enthusiasm, but there is such shallow soil of character. See, that's like the, sometimes the, the hallelujah saints, you know, you know them in the old churches that they, they always shaking the tambourine and they always doing all this stuff. But later on you find out, come on, y'all ever met some evil Christians? Anybody up in here? You don't have some aunties or some or somebody like, you're like, dang, you saved? <laughs> But they, they know how to do all that stuff, but there's no depth of character. So there's such shallow soil of character that when the emotions wear off, see? When that emotions wear off, you step out of the atmosphere that the church has created. You step out of that. When the emotions wear off and some difficulty arrives, amen? Let me know when you, you, when you start talking that you're a Christian, oh, you're going to get challenged. You, you just might as well just consider that a done deal. The devil's going to try to come and see what you're working with. Now, it doesn't mean you got to lose, but believe me, he's going to come. You, you said you believe in this. He's going to challenge you right there. And whatever it is you said you believe, he's going to come right after that. Now, if you got depth of character and the word has penetrated your heart, then no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And so you're going to win 
but you just got to be aware of the fact that he's going to try to pull it away. And so when the emotions wear off and some difficulty arrives, there is nothing to show for it. See? And that's how people, they fall out. You know, they, they went through a trial of life and now they're not even with Jesus no more. But if it was real, they would have weathered that storm. God would have brought them out on top. And so you want to be one that has that depth of character. Next verse. The seed cast in, in the weeds represents the ones who hear the kingdom news but are overwhelmed with worries about all the things they have to do and all the things they want to get. The stress strangles what they heard and nothing comes of it. See? It's like hearing the word, hearing all this faith, and then you go home and you're back to, what are we going to do about this? And all the, everything is bombarding and it's choking out the word. Next verse. But the seed planted in the good earth. Look at your name and say, I'm good ground, man. Come on. The seed planted in good earth represents those who hear the word and they embrace it and produce. You can't just hear it and embrace it. You got to produce. So I want to see some fruit in your life. I don't want to see nobody that's still the same. Come on. If you're hearing the word, you're saying amen, I ought to see some change. Come on. Man, you look at somebody and say, you need to see change in me. I'm just saying, man, we need to hold each other accountable. That's how it's supposed to be. But the seed planted in the good earth represents those who hear the word, embrace it, and produce a harvest beyond their wildest dreams. Amen? Beyond their wildest dreams. I'm going to close in a minute, but John... 15 5 go to John 15 5 John 15 5 Jesus is going to help us and we got to just stay with him he says I am the vine you are the branches he that abides in me that means you stay with him and I in him the same brings forth how much fruit much fruit but without me you can do nothing now skip down to verse 7 and 8 King James Verses 7 and 8, King James. If you abide in me and my words, y'all see that? And my words abide in you. You shall ask what you will and it shall be done for you. Next verse. Herein is my father glorified that you bear what? What's that again? How much fruit? Oh, much fruit, right? Herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. Let's close over here on verse 16. You have not chosen me. See, a lot of times, uh, oh, well, you know, I, I've, I've decided to follow Jesus. I chose the Lord. Man, he chose you. Amen. And you just came to your senses to agree with his choice. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and that's the thing. See, God wants, he wants everybody to make it. But it's not all of a sudden like we just picked him. You know, it's like you're picking teams when you're a kid. I'm on him on my team. Nobody's doing that with Jesus. Jesus is too powerful. He picked you already. Amen. He already knew what he's going to do with your life. But the devil just tries to deceive people and they act in ignorance and, and they run away from God. But he says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. Y'all see that? And so what does this mean? 
you're not going to go backwards. I'm just prophesying this over you right now. The advancements that you make, you're not going backwards. Come on, somebody. You're not going back to that attitude. You're not going back to that faithlessness. You're not going backwards. You're going from glory to glory because that's what Jesus does. Amen. Listen, the old you is gone forever. And I'm not about to be a pastor giving you an excuse to go back. You're going forward. You're getting better. You're going to keep growing and you're going to keep getting stronger and stronger in the Lord. And now that you do this, that whatsoever you ask of the Father in my name, he'll give you. See, now I'm with Jesus and I'm growing And now guess what? The father's listening to me. And the fruit that I have, though, is remaining. So I can't be talking about when I used to be a good Christian. What? Why are these people saying that? No, no. Let God continue to develop you. You are going to get better. And I say that we're going to get better every day until our days are gone. And because God needs us to get better so that we can be effective, we can be disciples, we can be people that are given an example of what Jesus is like in the earth. And guess what? If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. And God is going to draw people to him through you. Amen. How many of y'all excited about that? Go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap tonight. Amen. Praise God. Let's close in prayer tonight. Father, we just thank you in the name of Jesus. For blessing us to be here tonight. Thank you for the word that went forth. We know your word brings transforming power to all of us. I thank you that our fruit will remain. We're not going backwards, only forward. We thank you for that. Now, maybe you're watching this right now. You don't know Jesus as Lord. We want you to know that there's an open invitation from Jesus to you right now. He's knocking at the door of your heart. And if you just open up, He's going to come in and your life is truly going to get better. But you got to be the one that opens up the door of your heart. Church says, repeat this prayer so that anyone who hears this message will know how to receive Jesus as Lord. Repeat after me. Jesus, please forgive me for all of my sins. I commit my life into your hands. This day, I am saved. Do with me as you please. And fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap for the Lord, amen.